0: Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 48 p Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. CTMobile.com Welcome to the Fire Escape, everybody. Uh, the Fire Escape is two dudes from Alabama and a Welsh Londoner talking transatlanticism, telling stories and whinging about life in the big city. And this week, we are joined by will marsh of gold connections um gold connections just released their first studio album on egg hunt records it's called popular fiction check it out on spotify apple music probably amazon prime music wherever you get your music napster maybe title who knows um buy a copy buy a vinyl I bought the vinyl it's very good uh if you like just good rock and roll uh you know kind of velvet underground style stuff uh give it a listen and we will tag the first single from the record or i guess the uh whatever we'll tag a single from the record at the end of this episode the single is called bad intentions all right enjoy I'm saying like I can't I can't put it in the cans. I'm saying oh, you can physically
1: yeah. lift one, oh, yeah, one. yeah, can <laughs> off see. of your ear, but not you. Well, well as you, you can tell, you're to keep them cans on. But I'm the the like rules. I'm a massive technological luddite, so pretty much regularly Colter is explaining to me how to use all this <laughs> stuff, <laughs> things like. Headphones
2: <laughs> and, and ears. Speaking of the, which, I'm just like, for some reason, I'm just staring at my phone. It's like I don't need to be looking at my phone to be talking to you guys.
1: Maybe we should send you a photo of the three of us. Yeah.
0: Just for imagination purposes. Yep. Yeah. That'd help. Man. <laughs> Well, uh, All hey, right. welcome for... to the Firescape, everybody. Yeah. Well, we nice. get it. Uh, we're on. Uh, we're on now. Rolling, yeah. rolling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> roll, roll.
0: We'll punch in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, this week, we were joined by Will Marsh of Gold Connections, uh, who just released their uh, album this past Friday. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. May 11th. Uh,
0: popular yeah. fiction, May 11th. Yeah. Uh, check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever. Is it on Tidal?
2: I believe so. Oh. Um, is that the thing with Jay-Z? Yeah, that's Jay-Z. zi did oh, I didn't talk to him, but it may be on. there. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the first I time no I'm idea, hearing yeah. about title. I've yeah, heard dude, of Tidal. Yeah, it
0: is. T I D A L. I wonder right. if Moody's Goose is on Tidal. I wonder if it got like got moved over there. Well,
2: Definitely. We, we haven't, haven't talked revenue to Jay-Z. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're on Napster too. Apparently that's still a thing. Napster's no. a thing.
1: Well, Napster's still around. Oh yeah. Surely not.
2: I had no idea.
0: Is it on yeah. Limewire or Kazaa?
2: <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. It, you'll probably be trying to get like Gold Connections and you get like a like a Sugar Ray song by accident. That used to happen a lot.
1: If we're heading that far back, have you got a MySpace page? Do they have a song <laughs>
2: Do they have a song called Gold Connections? Uh, I don't know, but I just remember like downloading stuff from Limewire and it was like always the wrong band or something.
0: Oh like, yeah, yeah.
2: It's like Wonderwall by like The Verve or something.
3: And hey, yep. you know, if you're going to get the wrong song, you could do a lot worse than Sugar Ray, you know what I mean.
2: True, true that.
1: <laughs> Will first question for you: just as soon as Colton introduced you as Will Marsh of Gold Connections, my first thought was: are you and are you is Gold Connections just yourself, and you bring in assembled musicians as you need, or are you the front man? Are you a bit like, say, Sparkle Horse, where um, Mark linkus was basically Sparkle Horse but brought people in when he needed for records, or like Steely Dan, or like Steely Dan for that matter.
2: Um up to this point it is sort of the you know the sparkle horse model yeah i've always i've always wanted to have a band and i have a really great live band right now and hopefully we'll be able to record uh as a unit soon but it's uh it's like kind of been a rotating cast up to this point
1: yeah does that mean that you get to be the boss essentially
2: um i i I guess so (laughs) Um, if if I were paying them, um, then I'd be the boss. But right now, I'm just—they're kind of just like helping me out, and we all kind of just enjoy doing it together.
1: That's great because it's like—I mean, it's because it is, of course, gold connections with the plural. So I was a bit—I wanted to mention maybe you are, as yourself, the spirit of many many connections of golden things. It's is that fair it's, to say.
2: So yeah, sure, you can say that. <laughs> um, And it definitely started as. As a band in college, I was always the, I was a songwriter and I brought these songs to my friends and we had a band, but kind of graduated and people in different ways and I just kept doing it. And yeah, I have had studio musicians who are really cool, who I like working with me and sort of a rotating live live
1: band as well does it feel in the creation of you know in terms of writing the songs that having an like a band name even if you are the main originator of the music you know and the and they they are very much your songs but having the band name does that feel like that gives you a sense of you know almost like a mask or a sense of a security that you don't have to put just your soul your soul name there you know where it's like this is me does it make you feel like it's easier to be bolder maybe in your writing do you know what i mean
2: yeah um, yeah, I think that's that's true to say. Also, just like Gold Connections sounds better than Will Marsh. In my <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do with that?
3: Were you uh, – with the college band, were you also called Gold Connections? or is this, Yeah. Is, yeah, cool. Yeah. Very cool. And then y- I'll never – well, I guess you did an EP, right, uh, a while ago. What was that, a year or two
2: ago? Yeah, we released that last March.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. So what was the, – the history – um i know I know like slightly more of the backstory just from talking with daniel um of so it, for listeners uh who tune in regularly we had uh daniel Goins and Lauren Goins of Loland hum on the show a few months back uh Daniel is my cousin daniel produced uh the uh record popular fiction by will here uh and so he he kind of filled me in a little bit like as it was happening he actually told me about uh he played me some of like your ep uh a long time ago Mm -hmm. like i guess two two summers ago or something that and dude, he's really stoked to to work with you but so yeah i mean like had you recorded those i know that they came out on um on uh fat possum last year Uh, Mm -hmm. and, but you had, you had done that EP a while back, right?
2: Yeah. So I recorded those songs, um, round exam time in the spring of my junior year in in college. Mm -hmm. And, um, they were, they were the, treated them as the demos for popular fiction and, yeah, Fat Possum got a hold of them and released released it as an EP, which was cool.
1: Do any of those songs make it over to the um to the album? Like the actual songs were they reworked and found their space onto Popular Fiction?
2: Yeah, yeah, a couple of the songs are on Popular Fiction. Oh, yes, all of them except Faith in Anyone.
1: Oh, right, okay, um, yeah. yeah. W- which were the ones on the first EP? Because I listened to the album, which is very excellent, all to all of our listeners. So I'd encourage yeah. you to go on Spotify and tune in. Yeah, and so
2: Nir N- Isabelle popular fiction and salt are were all re-recorded and sort of re not i wouldn't say reinvented but i kind of got out the sound that i had in my head with daniel Mm -hmm. um not to say that i don't value the ep it's just like this was kind of what i always wanted to do with the songs yeah
1: Yeah. but they're just different forms a little more complete maybe yeah Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's interesting yeah. in music, there's always that sense of wanting to create something definitive, I think, you know, like cover versions are always, well, there's always that slight thing that a new version of another song is somehow derivative somehow, but it's not always the case, you know, and and, yeah. in, and in other art forms, you know, the ideas of revival or reworking things is just as valid yeah. as like an original you know, an, something that's originally conceived, originally written. You know, I mean it was not too long ago. I think, you know, in the sixties it was very common, wasn't it? Someone would write a song. Yeah. And then sort of, you know, ten other people would be like, oh, I like that song, I'm gonna do it too. And yeah. then it just might be that one of them became more popular than the others, but no one necessarily thought it was less good. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah you know? And I think there is a a pretty strong tradition of of bands having an E P mm-hmm. and then like putting all the songs on the studio album. Mm-hmm. Like it we're we're not the fir- the first group to do that. Have you Maybe heard, like,
1: a, some people do massively re- reworked versions of older stuff. Like, a little while ago, I heard that Joni Mitchell album. She did, like, an orchestral version of all of yeah. her greatest songs. Have you heard that? It's yeah. absolutely astonishing. No. It's like she's created some of the finest pieces of pop and rock music of, like, for, you know, of all time. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, but, you know, I think, actually, I'm just going to redo <laughs> right.
2: that. It could be better Yeah, no. the no. full orchestra. <laughs> but I do... I do know of a, an Everclear album, which is all <laughs> oh, yes. they they yeah. released it as the best of Everclear, and it's just like covers, and it's they released it because uh they broke with Capitol Records, and I think the lead singer was like bankrupt from like three divorces, and they, like sold it as the best of Everclear. It was, that was pretty tight.
3: Yeah. yeah, as you do. I love that. I'm I'm curious uh because I I wore the EP out pretty good, um and i'm just curious why um you said uh what faith in anyone is not on the on the record mm-hmm. uh, what uh why why not
2: um faith in anyone what we did a music video for it it was kind of a, the the lead single if you will, if there ever was one from an e p mm-hmm. um and also We recorded a lot of music in the studio, and it was way too long, so we had to cut some songs. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Fair enough. Too much good stuff. Too much quality is often a problem. Isn't well, I mean, it? What, that's yeah. What can I'm you do?
2: say? That's
3: to have somebody be like, "Man, I love this song. Why is the hell isn't it not on your record?" Is probably the
1: best thing. Well, it's that weird. It's one of those old creative adages, isn't it? Like particularly with like creative writing, there's that weird phrase, which is like a weirdly evil phrase: "Kill your babies." Mm-hmm. You know, which is <laughs> like the wishes that you have to sort of get. Sometimes you have to sacrifice the most, like the best of your work. Yeah. Sometimes you know what can feel like to you, the writer. You know, especially with the composition of an LP, I think that's probably quite valid, isn't it? That there's about a balance of something overall, and something really good just can sometimes not fit into the mix, yeah, for whatever strange reason.
2: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't easy to do, but but are you out on the are you out on the road now? Will? no, I'm in Charlottesville right now, um, where I reside. But
1: have you had the chance to tour the album yet since it's been released?
2: Yeah, um, our we're doing Sort of a we have a heavier tour schedule in June and onward, um, but last week was kind of like our release week. We played a show in at Market Hotel in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, we talked about that. But, yeah, was of we couldn't make it. I'm I was actually DM. in Charlottesville that night. Oh snap! Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> not, it's not even a lie. <laughs> but um, right now, we're kind of just giving people an opportunity to listen to the record before we tour it. Um, I think it might, it might work out for the best. Yeah, what sort of
1: yeah. what sort of touring do you reckon you'll have planned coming up in
2: June and beyond? So like you're gonna go
1: national, you're gonna try and go national, or you're gonna be supporting some bands? How's it gonna work?
2: Um, mostly headlining medium small so- small clubs um, on the East Coast. June is like the, the South, and we're booking tours, you know, further up the East Coast and the Midwest. Um, we went. In, we went to the West Coast for the first time last spring, and you know, hopefully, we're gonna get there. Um, we're just kind of booking as many shows as we can right now.
1: How much but, have you? To- how much have you toured in the past?
2: Um, last year was our first year of touring, and we, yeah, we kind of covered, you know, the East and the West Coast, and hit like Chicago and Indianapolis and St. Louis. And we also went to Europe for the first time did you where did you, where did you
1: Where did he go as you can tell i'm off I'm off the europe <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm always interested when people say they even went there in America genuinely. It's just like oh, you went there <laughs>
2: Where yeah. did you go? Where did you go? We were in Spain, and uh we were in Amsterdam. Not that that's a country. I know it's a city um, <laughs> and we played in London. Oh, did you? Where did you play yeah. in
1: London, which is one of my home hometowns?
2: Yeah, we played at Moth Club. Oh, fantastic. Yes. You, have you heard of Mirrors Fest?
1: No, I have not.
2: It, I think it's a relatively new festival, but it's... It was really
1: fun what was the reception like in the UK or in Europe generally I mean I, mean, I asked partly because I, in my you know I've been in the States for four years now but I can remember when when I was growing up um, but certainly I think there's like a real um, it's interesting being in the States and then being exposed to a lot of American rock and roll or you know folk or indie or whatever you want to call it because there's so much of it here and you realise that maybe not all of it makes it over the pond at times I remember chatting to Lolan Hum and being like have you guys been in the UK chatting to Daniel Lohan they were like only just once briefly and i was kind of astonished because i kind of was convinced that their music would do extraordinarily well over there but they were like it's quite difficult to get over there (laughs) (laughs) you know but i always yeah but i always feel there's a real hunger and a real people love it love your sort of music you know um not only in Europe widely, but I think particularly in the UK, maybe in a way that more so in some respects than people in the States do. Mm-hmm. There's lots of examples of bands. I think that, um, like the Kings, the Kings of Leon, for example, obviously very different, but were massive in the UK. <laughs> I think like like in a huge, and they would come back to the US and play to sort of 50 people in a small bar. You know, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, playing Sex on Fire to 50 people <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, forever. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I kind of sense that in Europe, um, that hunger for sort of, I don't know what what we have to offer in our sort of cultural heritage here. Yeah, um, it was really positive. It was it was awesome. Um, our first show was in Barcelona, and it was like it was a packed packed room, it was like a festival, um, and like people were singing along and and getting crazy, and it was really cool. So well, they knew the they words. knew the music, yeah. Excuse
3: me. They, they knew the they knew the songs.
2: Yeah, they did. Wow, it yes, yeah, it's it really it was pretty amazing.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Do you feel free on the road? I mean, is it like do you feel you know the sort of archetype of like rock and roll? You know, being on the road like the, like Dylan's never-ending tour. I saw that you're a big Dylan fan. You know that, that partly like the mm-hmm. spirit of the music is partly in itself, just being in front of people continuously and always taking it forward. Do you share that ideal, or do you find it difficult being away from home? You know, you this there's so many stories you read about bands, you know, finding like that the touring is this thing that sort of is both the most important thing and also the thing they find most challenging, or that can often tear them apart.
2: Yeah, um, so far I really enjoyed it, and um, definitely feel like there's a lot of I find a lot of creative energy and. And touring and just well, just playing music every day, but also like seeing different places and mm. um, I love it. And it's sort of revitalizing for me at, at this point. You know, I've already written a good amount of songs, mm. so it's kind of get a different energy when I go to different places.
1: Did you do you write when you're on the road? Do you find quite a lot?
2: I've I wrote in Europe, um, but um, just kind of get get ideas and. Sort of phrases. I don't I usually don't write full songs like, in a car, in a back car. But, <laughs> yeah. Not to say that people can't do that,
1: especially I'm, if you're driving. It's tricky.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm I'm curious. You know, you mentioned some of these songs being, uh, you know, from your from your days in college, and uh, we had some some friends of ours who were in a, a great band called Bella Dare who came on the show a few months back, and uh, they just had released their record this this past January uh, and they recorded it. It was all done uh, in 2015 uh, and it just released it. And I, I, that to me is a really interesting thing. Um, do you uh, have, it, has it felt like, I know you recorded this record a while ago and you know, you'd written a lot of these songs a while ago. Do you feel like your relationship to those tunes have changed much or or at all or completely, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's hard to say. I'm, I mean, I don't know if, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wrote them a little bit ago and, and wrote them mm-hmm. longer ago, but, um, it's hard to say, like, how my relationship has, has changed with them, um, but it has been something to deal with, just keeping all this music um to my, myself essentially um and a yeah, yeah, sure. few industry people have heard of it who've heard it um well, feeling like you're, you're like you're
1: fit to burst like you just need to get it out as quickly as possible
2: yeah and the the most challenging thing i think is being a creative person one want, always wanting to work on my next project and it's and it can feel discouraging to to have ideas and want to get on my next project when this other one hadn't even come out yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I by think project like, I mean album.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. there's, there's it's quite common that there's this weird sense of delay. I think in lots of art forms. I mean, I'm not sure if the guys do. I mean, I work as a writer and I like I write plays and theatre and also films. But um, but theatre is often strange because it can take a long time from a play to actually reach the stage. You yeah. know, and it just can by the time you actually get in the rehearsal room, <laughs> all the actors are kind of like, well, you know, feeling really fresh. It's the first time they've really got their teeth into it. But for you, by that point, it's often something you've been living with for about three years. You know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're trying to like rustle up some energy from something about three years ago, and it can it can weirdly often feel kind of sort of deadly. You know, the material can just feel old to you. You know, it's a different time of your life, and to keep yeah. it, but you don't have the challenge as a player like, like or I am. Or you to can keep it fresh,
0: feel uh, like a different type of connection to it. Like you know, like we were talking about you uh, know in our last week's episode about how like being connected to something that you work on or write. Uh, that you wrote about an emotion that you couldn't quite or about something that you were thinking about that you couldn't quite place your finger on at the time and then looking back and connecting that
1: yeah. You yeah, know, in the future true. saying like, oh, okay,
0: this is, now I know what this is about more.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a little bit of that. Yeah, um, do you feel
1: like you revisit things when you play live? Do you, do you find sometimes in the experience of revisiting a song that you're kind of, you feel like you're somehow rediscovering the moment of its creation or, or discovering something about it that you weren't aware of?
2: Yeah, totally. Like um, you know, I've just when I was writing these songs, I didn't th- sometimes I was just making up phrases and and I'll look back on them or, or play them again and I'll have insight into sort of where I was at the time where I, when I wrote it, but also it's like these songs are less particular situations to me now and more patterns and sort of insights into my own way of dealing with things and yeah, you, you
1: start to see like, patterns and shapes don't you as they emerge over yeah. the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I wrote these songs about particular situations that were happening and it. And also I sometimes I was just making up phrases and now I can kind of look back and, and have insight into where I was when I wrote the song and also realize that these songs are, are more about um, patterns or just things that don't really change that much
1: yeah do you think that's um, it, when you say the things that don't really change is that you think that there's like certain themes or imagery or sort of ideas that you keep on returning to as a sort of like key subject matters so i have a songwriter friend who's uh she's based in wales her name's katal kynig but she we talked about this recently and she just she calls that the central dilemmas <laughs> she's
2: always like i always
1: just return to the central dilemmas oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah um that's that that's definitely the case and um it can be disconcerting too because it's like especially when it's songs about i don't know relationships or something it's like Am I really the same as I was when I was, like, 20, like, writing the songs? Like, that's that's not, yeah, not no. too good. Yeah, without,
1: without wanting to get too obviously, you don't have to spell them out explicitly, but you, yeah. is there any particular sort of central dilemmas that, or maybe even maybe just broader themes that you think that you seem to circle around or find yourself returning to in music?
2: Um, it's kind of hard to say.
1: Yeah, no, I think it is.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it totally is, yeah. I'd have to, like, really, like, I don't know, write a paper about it or something.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, listen to the album, I definitely found myself occasionally being, like, def- I mean, I find myself in my own writing, at least I think this is maybe why I picked up on it, is that I definitely find myself engaging with certain sort of ideas around, um, you know, belief and religion as well as sort of the big stuff, love and love and death and those, you know, the big the big themes, the subject matter. Like some of your t- song titles certainly seem to, to be, like knocking towards, uh, you know, sort of mythical or sacred ideas. Is that fair to say? Like Icarus yeah. obviously is the opening yeah. tune. There's new religion as well. and yeah. um, Pillar of Salt. Right Pillar there. of Salt, exactly. Pillar of Salt, which is about biblical reference, I think, yeah. isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I definitely return to biblical imagery, which, uh, you know, I could be trying to use it as a device, but ultimately I think it's, it's me trying to deal with, with with faith in some way
1: yeah sure is that is that a reflection of um what well, was this just something we were talking about last week in fact and our just on our hostful episode we were talking about the nature of being culturally steeped in certain religions so obviously uh, the lads here are from the American South I'm definitely not but it's definitely but it's like uh, Wait, what? like hey what yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but but i'm from the uh from the uk and certainly from a tradition which is like you know has cultural resonances which is within the christian tradition you know which, of the sort of but in a very broadly secular way not as much in the practicing way which like, in, sure. in, in the way i've encountered the south but do you think that that is something that um in terms of you say engaging with ideas of fa- faith do you think it's less something that you're actively consciously looking into but something that is just as a result of your cultural background coming from Charlottesville that it's sort of present in the air, if you will.
2: Yeah, I, I guess it's both. Um, definitely grew up, you know, going to church kind of, you know, same old story, American mm-hmm. story. I mean, not that everyone grew up going to the church, but you know, my dad like teaches theology. Um, so the sort of both the, the intellectual or cultural um Bits of religion have definitely permeated my my life and just my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, you know, growing up, you know, as a Christian, uh, question mark, um, (laughs) (laughs) has definitely influenced, you know, what I think about and what I write about.
1: Do you think music is the maybe the best, or is it just for you the best means to investigate that? Or do you think there's something... I'm always kind of struck by the fact that, you know, obviously music is such a central aspect to obviously most religions for that matter, but certainly in the South. You know, I was very invigorated going to certain churches and seeing the intensity of the musical experience, you know, whether, whether or not I'm particularly religious or not, but that, but, you know, but also going to see a show like a rock and roll show, even if it's not necessarily a Christian rock show, you know, but there's that sense of it being you always feel like there's something devotional going on, you know, to the music. And do you think there's a, you know, there's something, a crossover in that respect? and having that tradition behind you being attracted to to rock and roll.
2: Yeah. Um I don't know if music is the best way to like figure out what you really think about mm-hmm. faith um or not how you think but like, you know, what you believe. I don't mm-hmm. I don't really know about that, but there is something I mean there's something transcendental about playing this kind of music and that's I mean that is the attraction to me. Yeah um so i think i think that's just significant in itself
1: i always think that music is kind of the universal art form in that respect you know because it sort of cuts through doesn't it it gets to something more essential maybe than any other any other one yeah controversial statement everybody yeah. <laughs> i mean you know you're just put that one out there <laughs> uh, the the folks in
3: barcelona knew the words to the song you know I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, i think that's that's pretty powerful human interaction even if they didn't know what it meant yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah, you have yeah. to, I don't no, think they no. have
0: to, you know. <laughs> uh, everybody knows what English means, man. Uh, so, you mentioned your dad, uh, is, did you say your dad was a professor? Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, you, uh, I assume, kind of grew up in like a, you know, s- semi ac are you from Charlottesville originally?
2: I was born in Baltimore, but we Baltimore. we moved here in when I was like seven. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, relatively – does he teach at UVA or – Mm-hmm. No. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, the, the, the roundabout way of like that question, do you think that your, uh, you know, being steeped in – I guess we're going a different way now. Like steeped in like the culture of academia like is – like what level of, I guess, when did you start writing uh, songs? Like what, in, like what what was your like mind frame at that point in time?
1: Was it like, a, did an academic air like lend itself to the <laughs> <Yeah>. business <laughs> of songwriting? Yeah. No,
2: yeah. N- it definitely didn't start that way. Um, I started writing songs when I was 12, which is kind of when the darkness began, you know. <laughs> 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 you know, just like sixth grade, just feeling weird. And I, I played violin growing up, and I got a. I mean, I always loved. Is that
0: sweet music. academia music? Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, the violin, the instrument. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, uh, I'm, not, I'm never gonna practice my violin, no matter how much you tell me. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to learn, teach myself guitar and start writing songs. <coughs> oh, I yeah. too had
1: that self-same journey where from about age seven through to 12, my mum was like, you will learn the violin. And I was like, yes, yes, I will learn the violin. Just because, you know, when you're that age, you're like, yes, I will do what I'm told. As yeah. long as I get my pocket money. You know, and then around 12, <laughs> I was like, yes, I will know. No, I will play the drums. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That was very, my first instrument. Very badly. My, that was my first cool instrument, actually. Yeah. Drums.
3: My, my parents made the mistake, or my dad made the mistake of giving me a, a drum set when I was in third grade, and uh, the whole family paid for it. Yeah. And I gave them hell, I'm talking about.
1: I got I got into I had this terrible drum kit and then I got given this I I asked for drum lessons and then my parents started paying for drum lessons for this guy at school whose name was Jeff and I can't remember his last name but all I do remember about it was being twelve years old and thinking this guy Jeff was a massive prick because like he would never let me play the drums it was like he was being paid and he'd be like try to teach me to paradiddle or whatever and I'd like get it wrong and he'd be like no it's you do it like this and then he'd play for like five minutes you know and and really get into it and I can remember even being twelve being like this isn't how this is supposed to go. <laughs> yeah. S- suck it, Jeff. Fuck you, you Jeff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you so it was drums first, and then moved on to the guitar. Yeah. What was your first guitar? What was what was it? Let's let's gear nerd
3: for just a minute because I'm that way. I,
2: th- I think it's it's called an Electra. Have you heard of that brand? Mm, I have not. <laughs> I have
3: I not. Uh, th-
2: yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I guess my parents got it for me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where it came from. But, from, from, yeah, ex- from Walmart or something cheap. like that, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like a Walmart kind of guitar.
3: When did you get your first, you know, quote, r- real one? You know, one, one, the, the good stuff. <laughs> define, re- define reality in this respect. I, yeah. I can't.
2: <laughs> I, I can't do that. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. My my first um, real guitar, um, I was going to make like an ontology joke, but that, it's not going to be funny. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Um, no.
3: Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
2: Respect. Respect. <laughs> um my first real guitar was a, a Schecter, which is apparently oh, like yeah. a heavy metal guitar and I had no idea but it Shoot, looked yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it looked yep. pretty cool and it sounded good and I I was like 15, I think or
3: 16. Did you did you have like a heavy metal phase or at least like a punk no. phase?
2: Oh, well, yeah, punk for yeah, sure. Yeah, there you go. S- still but, um, Good. never heavy metal
1: oh. mm. well, have you heard uh, mean, have you heard Daniel and Lawrence's story about playing a series of metal clubs in the south on tour? They told us this brilliant story on the episode. Do you remember guys oh yeah have have you heard that have you have you heard them tell that story
2: <clears throat> I've heard a lot of crazy stories from them um, <laughs> and now they kind of work together when it comes to like being alienated in the South. Um but no. What what happened? Well
1: the very so anyway, it's just a, the simple version is that they ended up playing their very delicate, beautiful, quiet music in some hilarious like goth metal, death like death metal clubs somewhere. Metal in, and hardcore <laughs> clubs across the Somewhere town. in Florida. Like yeah. their, their their booking agent literally just like somehow got the completely wrong end of the stick. <laughs> and, uh, Look, I don't know if they the... were, like, were like bottled off stage, but there was a certain amount of resistance.
3: Well, the, I think the, the kicker was they uh, they played pocket knife. This is what he usually says before they play pocket knife, and he's yeah. like, they liked it the, for whatever reason they liked they like this, this or song. they hated this one the least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. There's, I'm, I'm here to tell you, uh, there's nothing like a good heavy metal phase. I strongly suggest it. Well, you, you, it's never too late to get into no, that phase. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I I don't think I got into heavy metal, but I was. Super into Jane's addiction.
3: I mean, Um, you're 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 playing with fire. You're getting close.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I guess they're like they're like kind of hippie metal or something.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't know what I'd call them, but they're get you're getting close.
1: The one thing I know, I think for me the reason why I think it's always worthwhile having a heavy metal phase is I think it actually is like a reflection of a very gentle side of everyone's character despite the sort form of the music because in my experience meeting metalheads is they oh. tend to be extraordinarily kind, sweet, delicate people. Uh, <laughs> <here>. <laughs> Which is like one of the most anachronistic things it, in human And relatively
2: f- relatively formal. They probably they usually have a pretty firm handshake. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well,
1: well, let me let me just look.
3: Let me let me talk to you for a minute here about this metal thing. Okay, here's the thing you need to understand about about metal. I I have a very 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 teeny tiny part of my heart that is dedicated to metal. I'm not a metalhead by any means, but there's a little piece <laughs> of it that is like it's in, it's there. Um, and here's the thing you got to know about metal is they maybe deserve more respect. Than any creative people on the planet Earth, <laughs> only because they they you know they make this decision when they're 13 years old that like, goddamn I'm into dragons, I'm into magic, <laughs> I'm into like zombies, uh, uh, you know maybe Egypt or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm into this stuff, and I'm gonna stick with this
1: for the rest. I'm of gonna my I'm life. gonna
3: do probably like one of the least easy to sell forms of entertainment on the planet. And I'm gonna just. This is what I'm doing. Growing but, hair uh, out and getting yeah, my hair. Yeah, but not
1: only flat. that, not just thematically, but they're like. But in order to do that, I'm gonna learn to play an instrument at the highest possible. Yeah. virtuosic level, but no one will care.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no one will care, but I'm doing it by God. <laughs> yeah, I mean that alone is just worth. You know, like Gorgoroth so I tip my hat to
2: you. <laughs> Thanks for doing what you do. It in some ways it's like the better they are at guitar, the less I care. Yeah, I, I know. Feel it's like, just... I feel like a lot of people. <laughs> do. Exactly. It's like a strange. Really
1: like it's, it's like a strange paradox isn't it it's like sort of so virtuoso that you just become bored in some in some in some sort of weird strange reverse magic see
3: their their skill level only matters to me (laughs) only because i know they're not getting paid for it yeah yeah that's the only part that that's the only part where i I take any sort of note i'm like man whoever you are you spend a lot of time learning to play drums that fast Uh, i don't care i'm gonna uh, (laughs) but you do and, and then, you dedicated your life,
1: to yeah, it. yeah. and Can Have a you, lot of time for that, and also, but interesting, a lot, a lot of very serious classical musicians are really, really into metal because of, of the course. level of like virtuoso playing, and but, vice versa, and vice versa. I have a, uh, uh, as these guys know, I have a good friend of mine called Matthew Nicholson who is a classical composer, but he has a lot of time for very intense metal. And last summer, he was in fact in Barcelona at a festival, and I texted him and went, "How is it, man?" And he went, "I'm watching Slayer," and then sent me a video, Fantastic. <laughs> Slayer, like a like a four minute Slayer video in fact for a man who used to play the violin as i mean i did but also you did in your youth we did i was in a session recently um and a violinist came in who looked like he was a metal like a it was in a metal band but he came in with his violin and i was like and i said to him i went dude and he was like a really fantastic session violinist i beautiful like classical music and i went (laughs) i had to ask him i was like oh uh you did a fantastic session, and um, I basically, in some very polite way, was a bit like, "But I just would like to ask a question about how you look. Are you also are you also <laughs> yeah. in are a ridiculous? I'm going
3: to see you at the Nunslaughter show. After
1: <laughs> yeah, this? yeah. Well, I see you later at the Nunslaughter <laughs> show. And his answer was, "Yes, I am in a in a in a death metal band, but I play the violin in it. Oh, of course. All right, yeah. true story. Violin, he was probably. he was a metal violinist. Yeah, dude. Well, and he is. earned his daily wage by playing." Um, violin and like you know delicate orchestral pop songs and by night he showed us a video of him on stage in this metal band which of course had everyone else playing the usual instruments but he was on his electric violin in the corner hey that's, listeners that's welcome funny because uh, you metal know we have, <laughs> we have
2: a couple bands like that my, my favorite heavy metal band here with the violin dave matthew's band Yep. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. yep.
0: <laughs> hey man i was i was in uh that freaking apartment that daniel was that daniel's in where dave wrote under the table and dreaming
1: mm. you know pilgrimage man yeah ants <laughs> marching you know will
0: did you I know really
2: that? that much about dave matthews but
1: no will know? did you know that dave matthews used to live in daniel Lawrence's apartment
2: yeah i did i think yeah. they have a song like the warehouse song i think that's about the the pink warehouse
1: it sounds right. pretty crazy man Absolute
3: insanity. I, I feel bad that I care so little about Dave Matthews Band. I, it it <laughs> bums me out that I care so little. I just can't. Uh, I can't. You're wrong. You're wrong. I know that. Yeah, I just can't do it.
1: Well, have you ever lived in a place where a, a um a sort of middle of the road um sort of soft jam rocker had used used to uh, used to abide?
2: It's. A- that's pretty hard to say. Yeah, um,
1: there's quite a lot of them it's true. I mean the the odds on chances you have but I just wanted to be specific. The bands yeah. are very big. No.
2: <laughs> there is a, a my the house where I grew up, my parents' house, this really I forget her name but a really talented uh jazz guitarist used to live there but um which I, bet you, I bet you could jam pretty well though oh no yeah. doubt no
1: doubt Do you, i wonder if when you're there is i kind of wonder if daniel and lauren just because just being in that space they found that their sort of you know sort of noodly jamming skills have come on exponentially and they just don't quite know why that you know it's just in the spirit <laughs> it's just in the air just of the place desire
0: to put horns in more uh, things yeah <laughs> unnecessary like, horns
1: <laughs> would you like a cup of tea love you know, it's yeah. just the sort of ghosts. <laughs> Cue they, up the they, laser they, show and let's <laughs> get this thing moving. You know? in fact, my last house here in Brooklyn, weirdly, I found out there's a. you know the band the B fifty twos? No, not the B fifty twos. What am I talking about? Who's the? Uh, they might be giants. Oh yeah, they might Much be giants. They used, the to live B- in, yeah, they used to live in. They used to live in that cool. house. Oh. yeah, that's cool. This is a true story.
3: Well, dude, the B fifty well, twos two's terrified. Yeah, not the, the B fifty. Yeah. I
1: don't know why I said that. Is they the same, Are they of the same era? No. They might be giants. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're so. quirky. Yeah, they're definitely yeah. quirky. So maybe that's why I was thinking it—quirky rock, quirk rock, <laughs> Athens rock. They, yeah. they, they might be giants. Did that tune um, "Birdhouse in Your Soul," which is the only one I know of this. But uh, I was just very happy to be in the same place that they had once resided. Yeah.
3: Well, Will, did you say something that you you are still in uh, in in the punk part of your life? Are you are you are you, uh, you, are you into that world?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Does I mean, hurt? I'm not, I'm not a punk. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, lowercase you punk, lowercase, <laughs> b, lowercase punk, lowercase p. Some sometimes I'll I'll say that we're a punk, and, and people get like really mad at us. <laughs>
3: it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you, you got to be careful with that one. Some people uh, will take it serious. I I love that. I fully support it. I think everyone yeah. in the world should could be a punk. I think. Yeah,
1: you David can't culturally appropriate punk.
2: It it's like. It, Michael Stipe once famously said that you know REM was a punk band, and then the interviewer was like, "There's just like here's this picture of you driving around with Gwyneth Paltrow like in a BMW. Is that punk?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's it's punk." (laughs) (laughs) Agreed.
0: Yeah. So, changing subjects really quickly. um, Are you working on a new album right now? Uh, What's What's that process like?
2: Definitely have enough material. You know, after recording this album, I just kind of went straight to to writing and got tons of material. Um, I don't know when we're going to record it next because, you know, it's a whole process of, you know, touring and and getting and selling records and then in turn, like, you know, getting funding for the next thing. Um, But, you know, hopefully not. I don't want to start recording any time super soon, but. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to record another album. Um,
1: I don't know. In the next in the in the next year, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work out or w- what will happen necessarily. But I definitely have another album <laughs> that I that I'm that I need to record.
1: It's in. Yeah. It's inside and ready.
2: Yeah.
3: Do you ever uh, do you ever throw out any of those like the the unrecorded tunes out at the live shows? Do you do you feel like? that stuff needs to be kind of tested in front of people at all? Or do you try to keep it all kind of close to the best?
2: Yeah, we have um, one song that we play at every show called bleed. Um, and I don't know, we they'll probably be like, you know, the single or, or something from this next album. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, if we play more shows where we're headlining and people want encores uh, for some reason, um, and once you're done playing of, Free Bird, yeah, yeah, uh, I've I've got some other songs that I kind of have on yeah. my mind that I that I wanna share with people.
3: Yeah, it's
1: great. Well, talking of sharing with people, um, just before we wrap up, Will, can you just give us all of your possible contact, uh, not information? Obviously, you need to give your personal email. That's not what I mean. But uh, <laughs> any, uh, well, I mean, if you want to, go for it.
2: So- no. Social security? <laughs> yeah. yeah, are you yeah. social Will uh
1: But yeah so give us your social security. Um, uh, but yeah, any social media, any web pages, any YouTube pages, anything that any of our listeners could um, tune in to find your music. So, I'm obviously on Spotify, everybody. But is there anything particular, to, um, Instagram handles that you'd that you'd like people to know?
2: Yeah, we have a Twitter, which is gold connections <laughs> with a Z at the end. Because nice. gold, yeah. gold connections is like a jewelry thing. And they have like zero tweets. And they just like, uh, I fat I those guys.
3: <laughs> Whatever, dude. Z, a Z is way more rock and roll anyways. Yeah,
2: good. totally. <laughs> Um, and we have Instagram, which is gold underscore connections normal normal s, and you know we have, we have Facebook and uh, we have a YouTube page, which, which is mostly live videos that that we upload.
3: Yeah, and uh, you're starting touring in June, right? That's yeah, so folks can start to see
0: you. There you go.
2: Yeah, um, shows in Norfolk. Do you have like we'll
0: a, do, a we, do you have a website for people yeah. to check out tour info?
2: We do uh, Goldconnectionsmusic.com.
0: Awesome. here we go
3: well look man we're uh we're super stoked uh for for what's gonna come for you i i i'm a huge fan of the record uh Thanks. yeah man i've i've really been enjoying it and uh hopefully we can uh we can catch you uh you know if you if you uh <laughs> i know you won't want it but if we can catch a non-sold-out show uh <laughs> we'll uh we'll come and see you as soon as we can man and we appreciate you being on the show and uh you know good luck with the uh with your activities tonight, your meetup.
2: Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> thank you for for not roasting me too hard about that. Uh, oh, no, what? No, no, <laughs> no problem Come man. on, come on. Never. <laughs> well, uh, it's it's really been great talking with you guys, and yeah, ho- hopefully see you all in New York sometime. Next yeah, time, dude. Definitely. Anytime, let us know, man. All right. Hey, thanks, Will. Thanks, thanks Will. Us. Bye. 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 waste my bad intentions on you waste my faith confessions too Everything came at such a cost. Well, don't mind the riding on it. Don't mind the riding on it. Don't mind the riding on it. Don't mind the riding. the beer we got i mean the beer we got drank pretty good don't it
0: the days are getting shorter and you can feel it in the air yes it's that time of year pumpkin is finally back at duncan it's the cozy you've been craving all summer long now in your cup at duncan pick up all of your pumpkin favorites like the signature pumpkin spice iced latte or a pumpkin iced coffee and bakery items like pumpkin donuts and muffins sip into something comfortable to celebrate the start of cozy season Use the Dunkin' app for contactless ordering. America runs on Dunkin'. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network.